can take it personal. Whatever it is, whatever your concerns are, God's got it in his hands. He's a, he's a personal God this morning. And it just made my heart feel he's personal. He's not general, just general, but he's personal. He's coming right to 2111 Pinewood. That's where I live. He's coming right there, and he's got my world in his hands. And this morning, he's concerned about everything that affects your world and my world. And it made me so excited while I was standing there. Oh, God, you are concerned about the littlest of details. As, as, as Amanda was saying that, if he cares about the sparrow, he cares about us. If he clothes the lily, he'll clothe us. He's got our world. My world. There you go. She said it. My world in his hands. And I was so excited about it because this I was just thinking about what a great day to worship God. I said, what a great day to worship God. And I mean with everything. And so I was standing there and I was I was uh watching Juliet, okay? Uh, uh, Juliet, I, she, she catches my eye, okay? And so I was watching Juliet and um Juliet blesses me. She blesses me because she lets the whole of herself praise the Lord. And you know why? Because in there's a Mikhail spirit where Mikhail looked at David and David danced out of his clothes. He had an undignified praise that she looked at him with that look like, you know, how dare you praise God? Don't they know this about you or that about you? But but he did, he, it wasn't about him. It was about praising Hallelujah. the perfect, the true, and living God. And I thought about it, you guys. I thought about, you know, in the club and everything else, you know, just dance, dance, dance. But when we come to the house of the Lord, we just kind of like, you know, we just get kind of. But when I came in the house this morning, God reminded me because he said, why are you being so still that when you came in the house of the morning, you saw Juan, you went. That's just undignified. I was so happy to see Juan. I was like, but when we when we when we come and see God, we go. Help us, Lord. God's done way more Help for me than Lord. Juan could ever do. Although, what God has done through Juan and done for Juan is why it makes me happy to see Juan in the house of the Lord. But that same joy. That same joy about the one that can change you, save you, bring you from the guttermost to the uttermost, that should be in our lives. That should be on us. Mm -hmm. You know, we can say that's so undignified, but you let somebody come in here and give you a million dollars. And let me see right now how dignified you'd be. We'd be running, we'd be dancing, we'd be screaming, we'd be hollering. Come on. We'd be, me, me and my daughter, take me back to me and my daughter. We One day they, they made us feel like I had one publisher clearinghouse. And so they called, literally called my house and said, I had one publisher clearinghouse. And so me and my two daughters, I was at church and me and my two daughters, we, was at, we got together, we were just like, ah! We were going crazy over that. We couldn't wait for that truck to drive up to our house. It was just a scam, y'all. Oh, no. But God is no scam. Amen. No, he's not. And we should give him the best. My hands will praise you. Amen. My legs will praise you. Amen. My head will praise you. My body will praise Amen. you. Because you are a good God. Yes, when I think of the goodness, when I'm looking at Miss Mary. 
come on. When I'm looking at her standing here, and then not just that she's standing here, but while she was going through. Every time you would read something from her, she would just make my heart sing because she was already in a praise mode. I'm going to be all right. I'm fine. And I was like, only God can give you that assurance. Only God God. in the storm Mm. can give you assurance in the storm that everything's going to be all right. So this morning, you guys, don't let the enemy interrupt your praise. Give him the best praise that you have. He's more than a million dollars. Come on. He's more than a man, a woman, a car, a house. He's more than any of that. Because he's God. And I'm so glad for God being in my life this morning. I'm so glad when I watched Juan up here praying this morning, I just wanted to, whoo, I wanted to soar. I was like, thank you, God. I remember, I remember. You guys, Juan is an evidence of don't stop praying. Amen. And don't stop believing. God will do exactly what he said he will do. And it doesn't matter how long it takes for us. His timing is right on time. And so I was just so excited. I'm so excited to see Scotty back. So glad he's back. Made it back. We don't come to and fro without God's hand upon us. So glad. Some of y'all do not know her, but so glad to see Claire here this morning. Cheryl, Cheryl, here this morning. So glad Cheryl was here a long time ago, and we just thank God for her being here this morning. We are grateful for what all of us making it back. Do you guys realize we come to go? We come to go. This is important. When we come in the house, we come corporately to receive, mm-hmm. corporately to share. Amen. Come on. When I see you and you see me, we're like, hey, God's good, ain't he? Amen. We're all still here. Corporately to get the word of God. Corporately to be in this kind of work. Yes, I can worship at home, and I have some good times at home. But I tell you, when I come in here and I see y'all and you made it, I just Amen. get so excited Amen. that we made it. Because I know that we had some stuff going on this week. I know we had some hits. I know that the enemy did not leave us alone. But the very fact that we're still standing brings joy to my heart. So we come. And after we come and we receive and we're empowered, we come to go. We come to share. We come to give. We come to get the strength to go, so we can go out and be strengthened. So I just thank God for everyone that's here this Amen. morning, everyone that's online this morning, that you even would come and just be online with us this morning. We pray that the strength of the Lord, come on, it would infuse all of us because we got work to do. Come on, we have work to do. And so in that work, we need that strength. So, Lord, we just thank you right now. We thank you. We thank you for every single person that's here this morning. Thank you for our Praise and worship team, God, as they led us into worship, oh God. Thank you, God, for such a team, oh God, that would would set aside this time in their heart, oh God, to lead, God, to be ready to lead. Oh God, we thank you for every person that came into the house, oh Lord. God, we know that some people have some issues and some problems because we all need you, oh God. And we're thankful, God, that in this place, we know that you are here with us, oh God. We know through a smile, through a hug, through a word, through a song, God, we will be encouraged today to carry on. And so, God, we're just thankful today that you are our God. Hallelujah. And we bow ourselves to you, oh God. Have your way in us, God. Have your way in us, God. Lift us up to where we belong. Make us every day more like your image until all we see is you, oh God. 
And we thank you right now because you're able, God. You're more than able. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, praise and worship team. Thank you, Lord. Right now we're getting ready for the word. Amen. From our pastor. And you guys, um, the word is so important. Uh, are, have you guys felt a, a, a hunger for the word? like an increased hunger. I just feel so hungry for the word of God. And I just, any, and I don't mean this like anywhere. I'm not, I mean, anywhere the truth is, okay, that's where I want to be. And it's, it's where I want to eat, and I want to eat, and I want to eat. I just be so hungry. You know, when you're not hungry, you're really, really picky, you know. When you're not really hungry, you're just like, uh, you know, you get but when you're really, re you're picky about the plate that you eat off of, when you're not really hungry, but you see some starving people, they don't care. They'll go through the dirt to find some good food. Yes, they will. And so the thing is, are you hungry this morning? Because without God's word, how can we live? How can we, how can we have victory in our lives? So I pray this morning that your ear would be open, that your heart would be ready to receive so that you can get this word, so that it can help you to fight them demons. Because you guys, there's a war going on. Come on, there's a war going on. And, and I heard the other day that the demons, the devil don't stop. He don't stop. He has a good army, and and uh, it was T.D. Jake says he has a good army that's very strategic. He has a good army. They don't fight against each other. The devil's army doesn't fight against each other. The devil's army don't gossip against each other. The devil's army is not against each other because the devil's army is after a certain agenda is our souls. And so, saints of God, let's not have him use us against each other when his army is so strategically together to fight us but understand this god is greater than the enemy amen he's greater than any attack of the enemy and as we get this word in us y'all we're gonna be a mighty force for the enemy come on i want to be a mighty force for the enemy i want him to be so mad that i woke up and got out the bed he would wouldn't want me to stay in bed because he knows that when i get up i get up in the power of the lord so let's call up our pastor apostle david we thank god for him today and we tell him right now feed us the word of god Father, in the name of Jesus, we just call upon you right now, God, that you would just be in this place, Lord, as we receive your word. Lord, we thank you for the time of worship and prayer, God, just inviting you, Lord, and your presence, your spirit to have its way. Lord, as you lift us up and you encourage us and you challenge us, Lord, to be even better, God. So we ask you right now to move according to your spirit, speak to every heart and your mind here and those that are us streaming online, God, that we would receive all that you have for us, God. God, we wouldn't look to the left or to the right, God, but we'll say it's me, me, me standing in the need of prayer. Help me to receive it. Help me to walk it out. Help me to be diligent. Hallelujah. It's easy to look at somebody else. But, Lord, help me to hear your word and to a purpose to perform it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's definitely always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Glad to be back after, you know, shutting things down for a couple of weeks. 
definitely met as far as in-person services, but we're glad to be back. Amen. In person, get to see the faces. Amen. Not not preaching to the chairs, <laughs> but but we get to see the faces, and I'm always excited about that. Amen. Because I, I I'm 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 a face to face person. I have to tell you, I don't I, I don't like you know conversations on the phone very much. Say you smart them. You don't like to be on. No, I don't like to be on the phone. I like to see people. I like to talk to people. I like to read the face and let them read my face. Amen. That, to me, that's a big part of communicating. Amen. Is being able to be, you know, in that place so you can see them. So Zoom helps somewhat, but then what do people don't do on Zoom? They they shut off the video. They don't know if they're paying attention to you or not. You know, they got it on, but they're doing everything else. Amen. But greetings. Amen. We're glad to be in the house of God. Amen. And, you know, back together again. Amen. And for those that's online, just leave us a comment. Let us know that you're here. Amen. Amen. Worshiping with us. Amen. You know, some of you may know a couple of Saturdays ago, you know, as I was going about my business, minding my business, minding my business. Amen. And went and got a test and boom, pop positive for, for COVID-19. I wouldn't bother nobody. I'm minding my own business, amen, but it, it found its way to me, right. you know, and that's one of the reasons we just shut everything down, just for everybody's peace of mind, and, you know, just, you know, just give a couple of weeks of everything just to play its course, amen. Last week, we got a negative test, everything is good, feeling good, amen, but I'm, I'm saying all that to say, because a few weeks back, I was saying, you know, I was so glad that we got the vaccine, me and Pastor Linda, and we got the, the Johnson's one and done. You know, so, but then, you know, one thing I found is after I contracted it, even having the vaccine on board, and it's already at its full efficacy, as they say, you know, when I talked, called and talked to the CDC and talked to different ones, you know, but they said, well, you had it long enough, it's at full effect, so. But I thank God that we had it on board before that attack came, because you know what? We don't know what the case might have been. Might have right. got a whole lot sicker, amen, and just losing my taste. I mean, not my taste, but my smell. You know, losing my smell. I, you know, I, you know it's bad when you don't know bacon's cooking in the house. <laughs> bacon will get you out of bed in the morning. But I didn't. My wife made some bacon, and I was in the office doing something at the house, and she came in and set the plate in front of me, and I, that's the first time I, I seen the bacon, but I still didn't smell it. Amen. I knew something was wrong. Amen. Well, then, amen. But praise God, amen. It amazed me because as I talked to people, amen, and converse with people. You know, say you got. I thought you was vaccinated. I thought you. I thought you. You, you guys was good to go. How'd you get? I had to explain to several people that the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting COVID. It's not like the, that COVID. You know, is in the air and, and it comes and looks at your nostril and says, "Oh, he's been vaccinated. Let me go to the next one." No, it's gonna go in and it's going to try to establish itself. And that's why we need the vaccine to fight it off, to boost our immune system so we can fight it off. And that's exactly what happened when it came in. It said, oh, I can't stay here long. It had to die off. You see, but if we don't have the vaccine, now I can have a party. Bring all these friends. Amen. So I just encourage you, if you have not been vaccinated, do so. Amen. It's just like the flu vaccine. Amen. It does the same thing. Boost the immune system to fight that bug. 
Amen. But see, we, we let too many things come in our head. That's why, you know, as we're going through this season right now as a church, fasting and prayer and consecrating ourselves before the Lord, it's important that we understand, you know, the purposes, amen, for why we do it. Amen. And understand the, the time in which we live in the situations, amen, that we must face. You know, we're in this world. Amen. And because of that purpose, amen, you know, this morning's topic I want to speak to you from is right on the screen, amen, and what is it? The true purpose for fasting. But I'm not just talking about fasting, I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about, you know, consecrating yourself. You know, we're doing this 21-day fast. This is the last week of it coming up, amen. And, and I just want us to get even some more understanding of why you know, we do what we do. Why, you know, I believe God is leading his body, not just living faith, amen, to fast and to pray and to consecrate because of the seasons and the times in which we live, amen. The church needs to be built up. Amen. The church needs to be ready. The church needs to, you know, be on its job. I got any amens in here? Amen. Now, we can't allow ourselves to be taken away with all the the frabage that's in everywhere else. So as we shut all this stuff down and we, and we focus on our spiritual being, yeah. hopefully it'll help us to be able to handle all the stuff that's coming at us constantly day in and day out. I mean, that's why, you know, as I look at the different aspects that the Lord led me to, you know, take us on in this fast, you know, the, the missing the meals, that's not, I mean, we're only miss, missing a few meals. I mean, so even there, say, you know what, that just don't seem, because in times past, we fasted for, every day we was missing a meal. Every day we had somebody, you know, missing meals. And, but it's different this time. Amen. And, you know, and I, as I was praying and, and seeking God on the purposes, he said, you know, he's helping me to understand, and he wants us to understand that, you know, a lot of fasting with little focus produces nothing. Not nearly as much as a little fasting with a lot of focus yeah. on what you're doing will make a difference in your life. And the same with the, you know, getting away from all the devices. Amen. How many of y'all found you got more time? Amen. And when you, you know, because we say, okay, this part of this fast is getting off of social media for these three weeks. Amen. Shutting down all that time we spend scrolling and playing games and looking into everybody else's life when yours needs work. Amen. So, you know, we, we find that the, the three, four hours a day or more we spend on that phone or in front of that television watching secular news that's telling you what to think. All right. Rather than getting into the word of God. Amen. And being and taught how to really focus on what's relevant. You know, so it's important that we take and get an understanding of these things more and more. And if you haven't been diligent up until now, you still got a whole week to get on board. Amen. Amen. Because, I, you know, I, I've been doing this long enough to know that everybody ain't following the protocol. Amen. Talking to y'all online, too. Everybody ain't following the protocol. Amen. Everybody ain't pushing back that plate. Everybody, you know, sometimes we, we look for excuses and reasons not to fast, right. you know, so that we can serve the flesh uh-huh. instead. You know, we look for those reasons that, well, I can't fast. But if the doctor told you to fast and your appointment ain't until four o'clock in the afternoon. Hello? 
we'd be fasting all day long. He said, drink, you can drink water, but you know, I need you to come in so you know, we, don't, we want your blood work within an hour so I can see where it's at. So we need you to fast so we can get some fasting blood work. Anybody ever been there? Amen. You know, he's in, oh, I have. And when they say fast, you're like, okay, doc. Amen. But when the pastor say fast, I don't know who he's talking to. Ain't the, how, how the kids say, he ain't the boss of me. I'll grin in his face, but I'll eat my meal when I want to eat my meal. You know, so, so we, we have our priorities backwards sometimes. And we got to get to that place. And then we say, you know, okay, get off that social media for a while. How many, anybody here have a struggle getting off social media? I hope not. Okay, we got a couple, three honest people in here. Amen. The temptation. The temptation of the, just the, just let me take a quick peep. Huh? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. But see, that's, it lets you know who's in control. It helps us to understand how much discipline we lack in certain areas of our lives because we've been indoctrinated and taken hold of it. Now, can you imagine how the life of God's people would be if we spent as much time in the Word as we spend on social media? If we spend as much time in the Word as we spend in front of the TV? Praying and fasting and and, and, and meditating and pushing things away and consecrating yourself unto God, how clearly do you think you'd be hearing from him right about now? You see, so it's, it's, it's important that we understand, amen, that today is the 15th day of 21 days, so we, everybody up until next Saturday, we'll be, we'll be done with this part. Unless you choose to find out, hey, this is a good way to live. It's taking time apart weekly fast and push away that plate and pray and consecrate myself unto the Lord so that I can hear from him and I can I can be clear amen in my choices and my decisions and you know but you know this this fasting thing gets in the way sometimes this this prayer time gets in the way because you know well how can I pray to God and then go and do what I know he said don't do so I'd rather not talk to them right now. You know, that's, that's kind of like us as people. You know, when your kids mess up, they don't want to talk to you. Amen. Right? And they're like, no, you got to come come back here. We need to have a talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you husbands out there, you know, how many the wife says those three words. No, those four words. You know, we need to talk. <laughs> you're like, uh-oh, what I done done now? Here we go. You know, but see, we need to talk. We need to talk to God. We need to hear from God. We need to pay attention, amen, to his word. And one way I have found in my, my seasons of walking with God is taking time out from everything else and just to consecrate time unto him and you know I've been enjoying this time even working around the house and so forth and praying with Pastor Linda and doing different things and just you know praying in the spirit amen and just just meditating on him constantly it's different when you keep your mind on him ain't it right 
Amen. When you, you, you use the, you know, and I hope this takes place when you use your devices and get back on the television and all that kind of stuff. Amen. That you use it to feed your spirit. Amen. You use it in a way to, to promote the kingdom of God instead of self. Amen. No, but so what we want to do, but yeah, we're going to talk this morning about the truth. I mean, the true purpose of fasting. Because sometimes we, 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 we approach fasting and all these things with the wrong focus, particularly fasting. We want, we want to fast so God will change our circumstances around us. Right? Fast so he can fix them or fix that or, or do this. And I get that. But the true purpose for fasting is to change you. Amen. Is to get you closer to him. To strengthen you. To bring this body, this flesh under control and under subjection. To capture your thoughts and bring every thought under the captivity of Christ. You know, so when we look at these things, amen, and really begin to think about it, uh, I, I want us to look at starting off with Jesus. Amen. So when we look in here in the in this word of God, let's go to the book of Matthew. You know, we're going to look at some examples of, of the proper purpose of fasting. But Jesus fasted to acknowledge his dependence in his flesh, walking as a man. Amen. His dependence in gaining spiritual strength through the, the reliance on the Holy Spirit. And that's just what we need to be doing. Amen. Relying on the Holy Spirit. Amen. And call upon him. But in the fourth chapter of Matthew, we find Jesus got the beginning of his earthly ministry, the kickoff of his ministry. The first thing he does is he he allows the spirit to lead him into the wilderness to fast. Amen. And we're going to start at verse number one in the fourth chapter. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights and was afterward and hungered. Now listen, we're not talking about no three days. You know, you find there's several people in scripture who fasted 40 days, Moses and Daniel. But Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. That means he didn't eat in the evening and start back in the morning. Amen. But he fasted 40 days straight through. And I don't think there's much water in the desert either. Uh-huh. But he fasted. And, and, and look what it says. And when the tempter came to him, as he does to us, right? He said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. See now. The enemy's messing with him right there. He said, if, like he don't know who he is. You know, in another place, it talks about when the enemy thought he would be weak after fasting 40 days and 40 nights. See, he didn't understand that when you fast 40 days and 40 nights with the right purpose, your flesh might be weak, but your spirit, man, is built up. It's ready for anything the enemy got to bring. You know, that's why we see in the fourth verse, and he said, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, and, and when we fast and we pray and we, we meditate on his word, amen, what happens is we, we have an answer. 
for the enemy. There's no wrestling. There's no, no contemplating. As soon as the, the temptation was laid before him, he had a word to stand on. And he was able to say, it is written. See, we, we have to have that it is written, but that's not going to come by lollygagging. That's going to come by focusing and purposing to build ourselves up spiritually so that we have an answer. Amen. When the enemy is tempt, tempting us, he said, make these, you know, because he, he knew Jesus had power. He said, command these stones be made bread. He said, no, not going to do it. Man does not live by bread alone. And we need to get that. I mean, that first, that first temptation speaks a lot because this is where our struggle comes when it comes to fasting. Sometimes we, we feel like, if I don't eat, I'm going to die. Right? I'm hungry. My stomach is growling. You know, this is the time I eat. You know, and, and it's amazed how we can get to that place that food, amen, becomes greater than that commitment to God to fast. Right. Amen. The enemy will come along and cause you to forget it's the time to fast uh-huh. because we're not focused on what is going on spiritually. Amen. You know, we, we find ourselves so used to catering to the flesh, but you can, you can eat, 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 and you still can die. Spiritually, you can die naturally. But he said, we shall not live by bread alone, by every word that proceeded out, out of the mouth of God. Then the devil take him up into a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, if, see, he keeps throwing those ifs in there. How many times has the enemy come to you with if in your situation? If, if you do that, this going to happen. If you just go over here, this could happen for you. You know, and, and we buy into the ifs, but we need to question those ifs because God is not a God of ifs. All right. right? So we, we need to question those things. But he said, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. Now look, catch this. Who's using the word now? The devil himself. Jesus. Quoting scripture. So what am I saying? You got to be careful. He knows scripture better than you do. And, and, and he use scripture to make it sound good, make it sound all right, make it sound feasible, and, and, you know, and, and, and make it sound like it's okay. But does that really line up with what God is saying and wants for us to do? Amen. Because he came to Jesus and said, if, I mean, for, I mean, for, yeah, for it is written, ye shall, shall. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest thou any time thou cast thy foot against the stone. In other words, he said, the word says, God got you. So go on and jump. It's all right. Go on and jump. You know, go to the pinnacle and jump. God got you. Go and jump into that situation. Go and jump into. Hello? He make it sound good because God said, no matter what, he got you. But the next one kind of helps correct that one, right? Because Jesus said what? It is written. Now he's using the word, standing on the word, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. 
Now that, like I said, this sets with the scripture that he's throwing out, the devil threw out straight. Because he said, yeah, God got you. But he said, it's written you shouldn't tempt the Lord your God. In other words, don't, don't play with fire. Amen. Don't, don't go playing with fire knowing, well, God got me. He comes me because he loves me. So I can go over here and dabble for a little while and I can go over here and I can do this, that, or whatever. I'm going to let you fill in the blanks. Because God, but he's saying, don't tempt God. If I could use the David version of that, don't play with God. Because the devil ain't playing and God ain't playing. This is about our lives. This is about our eternal salvation. This is about, this is serious stuff. So he's saying, you know, don't, don't play with God. Don't, God shall not tempt the Lord thy God. Because what do you mean? Well, if I do it, I'm going to see if God's really got me. I'm going to see if he really loves me. Are we testing God? Or are we, we testing him to see? Or, 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 you know, we, we got to be so careful. And the eighth verse says, and again, the devil taketh him up into an exceedingly high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and all and, and the glory of them. Kingdoms, shiny objects. Right? In the glory of them, and saith to him, All these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. If you would just worship me, if you would just follow me, if you would just do this, I can give you all this. The promises of the enemy, the promises, can I say it like this? The promises of the world. Amen. Have drawn a many a child of God astray. But many, because we, we fail to stand on his word, amen. The promises, the, the, what we call it is opportunity. That's the word we like to use, opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity. If you follow God, you won't miss a single opportunity he has for you. But we can be led astray by opportunities that take us off track and off course. That's why it's important that we fast and we pray and we consecrate ourselves so we can hear clearly from God. God, is this for me? What should I do? I mean, there's been many times in, in, in over the years that there's been opportunities that have presented themselves in our lives and, you know, in, in very lucrative opportunities. But when, we, when I prayed and I asked the Lord, Lord, is this what you want me to do? I got an answer. No. See, so we can't chase the opportunity if it's not sanctioned by God. Well, I shouldn't say we can't because people do. What I mean to say is we shouldn't. Right? Because it'll get you off track. It'll take you astray. And hopefully you'll get back someday. I said hopefully. You'll get back on track one day before it's too late. But he told him, he said, if you fall down, and worship me. Now see, that's a whole other problem. Because we got to ask ourselves, what are we worshiping? What or who do we worship more than God? Because it's presented itself as an opportunity. It presented itself as a nice investment. It presented itself. So, so anything you exalt above God becomes your worship. It becomes your God. He becomes second in that situation. So we got to ask ourselves, you know, if you just 
bow down. I will open doors that you've been praying for. Hear what he said. That you've been hoping for, that you've been desiring. I'll open doors for you. But maybe God don't want you going through them doors. And maybe you ain't ready to go through those doors. Maybe you ain't built up enough. You know, it reminds me of some of the, 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 the football stars, sports icons, and even Hollywood. People rise to the top because their talent that came from God opens doors for them. And then they find themselves going through doors that they shouldn't be going through. And next thing you know, they're in the tabloid and they're in the newspaper and they're getting fired and they're getting all this. Because why? They didn't have the character. What am I saying? As a child of God, do we have the character? Do we have the Christian fortitude to go through some of those doors? Amen. So again, but look what Jesus' response is. Then says Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, standing on the word again, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. So again, he's keeping the focus on following God. He's keeping the focus on standing on the word. He's keeping the focus on only serving the Lord. Yeah. And sometimes we, we serve, we, be, we become self-serving. Uh-huh. Maybe you ain't serving in your estimation, the world, but when we become self-serving, we're still not serving God like we ought. This is a sacrificial walk. This is a sacrificial way. It's, it, it, it's a way to bring this body under subjection and recognize who it is that we belong to. Amen. Remember when we came to him, no more your own, you're bought with a price, all that, amen. Now we, we become his people, his subjects. You know, I was listening to uh, one of the videos. I think we sent it to some of the leaders, you know, by Miles Monroe. And, and he was talking about, you know, this prayer, fasting and consecration. And, and he said that prayer is the most powerful key of the kingdom. Because everybody can't talk directly to God. You know, the most powerful. And, and then he said fasting is what the most powerful tool. But we don't like to use that bad tool. That's a bad dude when you use it right. Huh? It, because why? It brings our flesh under subjection. You know, it, it causes our spirit man to be able to get built up and rise above the desires of this flesh. Even when this flesh wants to be worshipped, this flesh wants to be put first. Amen. So what do you do? See, when my, when my flesh acts up, you better watch out. We're going to fast. Because I know how, how David said, that he afflicted his soul with fasting. You know, you stop and think about that. Amen. Because it's, it's so important to understand, amen, that you are not your flesh. You are not this body. Amen. You are a spirit being, amen, inhabiting this body. Because when your spirit leaves, this clump of, of, of flesh is going to drop dead. So we, we understand the authority that we have and the power that we have. Look, just look what I'm saying over in Psalms 35. In the 13th verse. And David was, was talking about people coming against him and all those things and his struggles. But he said this in the 13th verse. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. Let's see, when they were sick, 
They're coming against me. They're talking about me. They're putting me down. I'm struggling with this. But when they were sick, when they needed, he said, my clothes were sackcloth. And I humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer returned unto mine own bosom. He humbled his soul with fasting and prayer. He afflicted that, 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 that flesh and brought it under subjection. And that's where we need to get to the place, amen, that when your flesh is acting up, you got a powerful tool to bring it under control. Secret is you're not going to die if you miss a meal for 24 or 48 hours. You're not going to die, amen, but you're going to be built up spiritually if you're doing it as unto the Lord. I'm not talking about fasting to lose weight. Amen. amen. That, that, that's that's going to happen on its own. I'm not fasting, you know, talking about fasting for all those. I'm talking about when you go into it for spiritual reasons, amen, and, and don't forget the, the consecration. You don't just fast and just keep on doing everything that you've been doing. You set aside all those pleasures of the flesh, amen, and you set aside all the distractions, and you enter in to a holy place with God. And you meditate on his word. Amen. In the time that you would have been doing all those other things, now you got time to be in his presence. To call on him and, and think of his goodness and his ways. That he might come and dwell with you. That he may come and strengthen you. Because when you're fasting, yeah, we have many reasons, amen, that we need to go before God. Struggles in our own heart, our own mind, this flesh. All these things. I'm not talking about the external stuff. I'm just talking about in us. When we're honest with ourselves, I got to get this thing under control. I got I to humble my soul, afflict my soul. Because what, what is the, man, uh, the soul of a man? It's the seat of our emotions, our feelings, and our intellect. And, and those things can all go contrary to the will of God. So when you fast, amen, the spirit man that you are is saying to that soulish man that wants to do everything it wants to do, we ain't doing that. And I'm in control, I'm in charge, amen, so that we don't go down that road. Help us. So when we look at the, the, this, this discourse between Jesus and the enemy, the enemy is constantly trying to get you to go left. Yeah. Trying to get you to go in the wrong direction, amen, and we have to have something on board yes. that helps us to, first of all, recognize what it is. We don't want to be gullible because we don't know the word. We don't want to be gullible because we, don't, we, we, we haven't tested the spirit and tried the spirit. So we need to con constantly build up our spirit. Constantly build up. You know, our understanding of the word and our going into God's presence. So we know when the spirit is off, we know oh, something wrong. I mean, that, that's one thing I, I thank God, you know, because he he's he's given me a, a discernment of spirits. Amen. And, and I'm like, wow. You know, there was a, a, a lady years ago when we first got to the island. Everybody was just enthralled about her. Like, oh, she's this and she's that. But as soon as I walked in my first time seeing her, I told Pastor Linda, I said, mm -mm. She got a lot of people fooled. And short, long story short, <laughs> it all came to be. Why? And that's just one instance. But if we, how do you get in the place to where you can recognize those things? It's through consecration. It's through meditating on his word.
It's through yielding to the spirit of God and not the spirit of this world. Amen. Because that is what will take you astray. Amen. And have you going off. You know, one of the things that, that I look at this passage, but Jesus, you know, I was thinking about it as I was preparing for this message. I was thinking about I'm trying to think about is there any place that Jesus commanded them to fast? Oh, and then I, then I went back and I, even further and even just thinking in the Old Testament and, and, and the New, say, is there anywhere where God commanded them to fast? And it's not there. And that's, that's rather, it talks about fasting. You know, and in, in Matthew 6, 13, I mean, 6, 16 to 18, he says, moreover, when you fast, you see, in other words, he te- the word teaches us fasting, but it's got to be a choice. It's just like loving God. You got to choose to love God. I mean, he gave us free will. So, so he said, when you fast, now, and, and look, he tells us how to fast. Be not as the hypocrites yeah. of a sad continence. You ever seen somebody like that? Woe is me. You know, what's going on? I'm in the wilderness. Uh, Somebody said, I'm I'm in the desert. What are you talking about? I'm fasting, man. But but that's that's not what Jesus wants us to do. He said, They disfigure their face that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fast, fastest, Anoint thine head and wash thy face. And I might add, brush your teeth. That's me, okay? That thou appearest not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. You've made a declaration unto him, amen, and you're not parading yourself around like, oh, I'm so spiritual, or this is a struggle, and I, 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 I'm, no. Fix yourself up. Go to work. Do your job. When lunchtime comes, tell them I'm, I'm good. That's all you need to say. I'll catch up with y'all tomorrow. It's inevitable when you're fasting, someone always wants to buy you something to eat. It's, it's crazy. Oh, you, you, you fasted, amen, stuff is presented before you, amen. It's like, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm at work years ago, and this one's an instant come to my mind, and, and it's a hot day. I mean, in Lamore, California, it's hot out there on that ramp, and I'm, I'm in the middle of a, you know, a 24-hour fast, and one of the guys comes back. He said, hey, I went to the soda machine, and I pushed the button. I got two. <laughs> and it happened to be, and at, and at that time, all I drunk was Dr. Pepper, and guess what kind it was? Right? See, the enemy is slick. You know, so I say, yeah, just put it in the fridge. I'll get it later. But, I, you know, but he, he's slick, amen. And there's something, like I say, when, when you're trying to fast, the enemy will find every way, even going so far as to help you to forget his fast day. To help you not to. And then when you catch yourself because you got a mouthful of something, then he say, oh, you might as well just go on. Right? You done broke it. And I said, no. Because that's happened. I'm not be honest. That's, that's happened to me. But I said, you know what? I spit it out. I said, okay, we starting from right here. Okay? We're not going to just 
just throwing the towel because I, 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 I missed that. I, I missed the mark of the enemy deceived me of this body temptation and desire overrode what the spirit man is supposed to be doing. No, we're going to press on anyway. Yeah. Amen. And I believe God honors that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He recognized, okay, yeah, you might have stumbled. I think about, you know, when Nehemiah fasted. He fasted for confession and repentance, amen, and favor in the sight of the Lord because he wanted to go after he heard about the, the walls being torn down and, and his heart was burdened. So he went before the Lord and, and he sought the Lord. And in Nehemiah 1 and 4, he said this, and it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And because of his heart and seeking God and seeking direction, the Lord gave him favor. Amen. So that so much so the king gave him a letter so he could take a leave of absence. Amen. And also gave him a letter so that as he went, amen, all the things were supplied by those that were I mean, When you fast and you go before God, amen, and say, Lord, this is a burden upon my heart. See, remember, you're not fasting to change somebody else. You're fasting. To build yourself up, your spirit man, to take authority and to take charge hmm. so that we can do what God has for us to do. So that we're not so easily fooled by the adversary or, or, or drawn astray by the desires of this flesh or, or, or the offerings and opportunities of the world that would get us out of the will of our father. So it's a warfare, if I can say that, you know, how, how it says the enemy in me. Oh, yeah, that's 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 the number one you got to beat right there. And, you know, that that soulish man, that soulish man that, you know, think about it. Salvation is for the saving of the soul. The flesh is going to perish and the spirit goes back to God. Salvation is all about the struggle in this soul and getting this soul under subjection, getting this soul to come in alignment with the will of God. So I, I, my soul, man, is humbled because I'm walking in spiritual authority over it. And now I can deal with the circumstances around me in a godly way because I've built myself up spiritually and I'm walking in the spirit. So I can deal with that crazy sister. I can deal with that person on the job that's mistreating me. I can deal with all these things because why? Now I'm looking at the whole world from a whole different perspective. I understand I'm a child of God and I understand as his word says, all this is going to perish. And I understand that I'm on assignment because I've connected with the Father through consecration and through prayer and through fasting. Amen. I'm no longer struggling with this, this flesh of mine. Amen. So that now it wants to be in charge because the flesh likes to tell your soul, your spirit, excuse me, to shut up. Amen. Do you know the only you, you and I are, are triune beings, body, soul and spirit. Okay, and I'll tell you, the only part of that three part person that God speaks to is the spirit. Spirit to spirit. Okay, but if you're not in the spirit. You're not hearing nothing from God. You're going all based on that, that soulish man and based on, you know, that, 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 that flesh, its desires. They both speak very loud. 
I want what I want and I want it when? So y'all know the drill. We want it now. But so we got to shut that down and say, Father, what would you have me to do? How would you have me to respond? How do you want me to re- represent you as a child of God? See, we, we get it not about us. And we realize it's about him and we're here to represent him. And when we do that, God gets the glory and we can walk in victory that he wants us to walk in. When I think about the story of David, when he had done one of his most famous sins, you know, when he took Uriah's wife, because he seen her on the bank, on the, on the roof bathing and Uriah and his other men were in battle where David should have been leading them as their king. But for whatever reason, he's at home and he spies out and he sees your, I mean, he sees Bathsheba on the rooftop and he commands to have her brought and he lays with her, amen, and finds out later and now she's with child. David, a man after God's own heart. David, the one God anointed to be king. And now, so what's he going to do? So he plots to have her husband brought home from the battle so that he could go home and be with his wife so they would believe the child was his. And he'd cover his sin. Nobody would know the difference. But Uriah comes home and refuses to even go in his house because he says, how can I go and have pleasure when my comrades are on the battlefield? He was more honorable than David at the moment. So David said, okay, oh, this is going, we're going to get there. So David said, okay, he wasn't done. He said, I still got to fix this. I got to fix this. I got to fix this. I got to cover this up. So what he does is he gives Uriah a letter to the commander of the battle at the hottest point. And he says, send in the letter, told the commander to send Uriah to the hottest point of the battle so he could die at the hands of the Ammonites. And he died at the hands of the Ammonites. But David killed him. Just as if he had the sword in his hand himself. David killed him to cover it up. And then he takes Bathsheba to be his wife. And obviously, he's not being led by the Spirit. He's operating completely in the flesh. Amen. Because he, he was where he shouldn't have been. Amen. And he made a decision he shouldn't have made. Because if he'd have been fasting and praying, he would have never made the choice that he made. If he'd have been seeking God, but he's at home, chilling. In the second Samuel, the 12th chapter, God's got to deal with David. So we find this story, amen, and, and she's pregnant now, and Uriah is dead, and David has taken her to be his own. So the Lord sent the prophet Nathan to David. Because he's going to address this situation. And Nathan begins to tell David about a story of two men that lived in the city. You know, and one was well-to-do and he had flocks and herds and, you know, and he and the other, amen, had one little ewe lamb that he raised and he would feed out of his own plate and his own bowl and, and the lamb would lay upon his breast, amen, and he treated it like his own daughter. He raises this. But the rich man had a visitor come who wanted something to eat. So rather than take one of his many lambs out of his herd, he sent and took the only one. 
that the poor man had. Killed it, dressed it, and fed it to his friends. And as David heard this, David was angry. David was angry. He said, this man needs to die. Whoever you are, we're going to deal with him. If I can put it in my own words. And Nathan looked at him at that point and said, you are the man. And he broke it down to him. And David's response in this 12th chapter of the second Samuel in 13th verse. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord also hath put away thy sin. Someone say, Phew. that was close. But let's not stop there. Thou shalt not die. How be it? Because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Let me stop right there just for a moment. The Lord said, I'm not going to kill you. But you brought a disgrace upon the kingdom. And because of what you've done, our enemies can blaspheme the Lord. I mean, you, 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 you've done this and you put God on a bad display because the Lord is the one that anointed you. He had the confidence in you to elevate you and to make you king and you do this. Now, can we stop and think about times when, when we've stepped outside of, of what God has ordained or called us to do and caused a reproach upon the kingdom? God didn't kill you, but guess what? There's consequences. God don't want to kill you. He wants to get us straight. He wants to, he wants to get us in check. He wants us to understand. Amen. So sometimes we cause things to bring a reproach, as David did. He brought a reproach upon, upon the kingdom. So he said, because you brought occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. Wait a minute, you're not going to kill me, but you're going to kill the child. Sounds kind of hard, but God will be God. Amen? He said, and Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David. And it was very sick. This is kind of a sad story. How our sin can affect others who may be completely innocent. Our sin can affect our children. I've experienced that. I know it can affect our children. And we go on like, thank God he forgave me for that one. But who's still going through the ramifications? Huh? Who's still struggling? Amen. He said, the child was very sick. David, therefore, besought God for the child, and David fasted. All of a sudden, David knows what to do. He's fasting now. Maybe he should have fasted when he looked on Uriah, I mean, Uriah's wife. He said, I need to fast because my flesh is acting up. But he didn't stop and fast then. Okay? He said, David fasted and went in and lay all night upon the earth. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not. Neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. 
And the servants of David feared to tell him the child was dead, for they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto us. Hmm. Unto our voice. How will he be, how will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? He said, we couldn't move him while the child was sick. But if you tell him he's dead, he might do something even worse. So we're afraid to tell him the child is dead. Because he's been laying on his face for these seven days and fasting and seeking God. Mm. But when David saw the ser- that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said unto the ser- his servant, is the child dead? And they said, he's dead. Now, what's, what's David's response here? <laughs> David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself, changed his apparel, and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Wow. He worshipped. Thou shalt, what? Serve the Lord thy God? Huh? So, so we look and he worshipped. Then he came to his own house, and when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. His servants are puzzled. He said, then said his servants unto him, what thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst eat and, I mean, fast and weep for the child while it was alive. But when the child died, thou risest and eats bread. We don't get it. We don't understand. And he said, while the child was alive. Now here are the words that David said here. I fasted and wept for I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? He's fasting and praying. His petition before God was about the child, but it was, he was saying, the Lord may be gracious to me. Show favor to me. The child died. So David realized I didn't get that favor. He humbled himself before God. See, I, I, why I'm looking at this story is because we need to understand when you're fasting and when you're praying, the first thing it's about is you. God doing something in you. The prayer, the fasting to humble you. To bring you in a place where you can hear and are willing to hear from God. To embrace his will, his ways, his word. So he he knew the child would have been a bonus, but David is humbling himself before God because of his iniquities. Because of his sin and desiring God to save the child, of course. But in order to do that, he had to get in the face of God himself. So when we take time to fast and to pray, the 23rd verse, he said this, he said, but now he's dead. Therefore, wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. He said, why should I continue to fast for that? Why should I continue to stand on that? But it brought David to a lower place. It helped him to understand 
his position before God. And we need to understand, amen, that, that as, as we pray and as we fast and as we seek God, don't let the focus only be external about what you need or you want. Always remember the most important factor is about you and your connection, your relationship, your response to God, no matter what the situation might be. Humble yourself. Let him work on you so you can accept the consequences. David had to accept the fact that y'all did. He had no choice. He had to accept the outcome. But in the process, he drew closer to God. In the process, he humbled himself and got a hold of what he wanted to get a hold of. Think about how Mordecai and the Jews fasted when Haman was plotting to have all the Jews killed. And we all, most of us know the story. He ended up going to Esther, telling her, you need to go to the king. So after some resistance, she finally said, send the message to her uncle and let her know I'm going to go. But have all the Jews pray these three days and me and my maidens, we're going to pray and I'm going to go before the king. But if I perish, let me perish. So in other words, she, she had to go and, and humble this flesh and she needed others to pray and humble her flesh. Amen. Because she didn't say, hey, I'm I'm good. I'm in the kingdom. I'm in the castle. I'm in the palace. I'm with the king. No. Mordecai told her, if you don't do it, he'll find somebody else. But your family's going to suffer. You will not escape. So this morning, I just want us to understand as we're fasting, as we're praying, as we're purposing, be focused. Be purposed. Seek God, hear from God, bring yourself into the presence of the Lord. Don't just count the hours of when you can eat again. Because I guarantee you, when you really begin to fast and you begin to pray and seek God like this, the hours will go by. And when the time that you may have set is up, you still won't be thinking about food. Because you found yourself in a whole different place, a better place in communion with the Lord our God. That's when you know it's working. But if you were sitting there watching the clock, I remember, you know, in the early days, California, we'd do 24-hour fast and from midnight to midnight, and we'd have everything set. Pots on the stove. Food's right there ready to be warmed up. And you're watching, it don't, it don't take a long time when you watch the clock. It seems like it takes forever. And by soon, so you, 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 you know, you, you got something set there. You're going to hook up something, but you got a little something, something sit right there. So as soon as that clock hit 12.01, pow! Y'all know what I'm talking about. You ain't, you're just going hungry. If your focus more on the food than on the Lord... You're just going hungry. You might as well just go on and eat. Huh? You might as well just go on, dig in, help yourself, and do better next time. Amen? 
So we want to understand when we're fasting and we're consecrating. What does that mean, to consecrate? That means to set yourself apart, to deprive yourself from these other things and, and give yourself wholly and completely unto the things of God. Consecrate it for that purpose, for that time, for that season. And even as we pray, make it personal. Get in his presence. Yes, pray for others, but don't just pray for others. Father, help me. Show me. You know, if there's any wicked thing in me, show me. Bring it out, Lord. That's how he wants us to come into his presence. So that fasting and praying and consecrating should change you. It should change your relationship with him. You shouldn't be the same. If you come out the same, you miss something's all on the way. Hallelujah. I said you missed something along the way. And that was probably God. Because we're going about it with the wrong mindset. I'm going to stop. But I want us to understand that we want to fast and we want to pray. We want to do it right. We don't want it just to be an exercise. But we want to grow. We want to be strengthened. We want to be undergirded and built up for the warfare that's outside. For the warfare for some that's at home. Built up. Amen. So that you're able to stand against all the wiles of the enemy. When he's throwing those fiery darts, you got the hose putting them out. Every time. Quenching them. Knocking it down. The enemy has not the authority over you when you're operating in the spirit. And the best way to get in the spirit is through fasting and prayer. Walk in that spirit. Live in the spirit. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Thank God that he gives us these tools. Amen. But it's it's useless. You know, if if we we don't use them. Think about this little silly commercial that comes on the radio station I was listening to yesterday as I was working in the yard. And, you know, this lady asked her husband, can you hang this picture for me? He says, yeah, let me use my water glass. You know, you don't drive a nail with a water glass. And another one, Doc, can you pull this, this tooth? He said, yeah, let me get my chainsaw. Starts with a chainsaw all that. So what am I saying? We need to know how to use the right tools for the right job. And the tools that he's given us, the key, mm, there's keys in the kingdom. And that, one of them, like Miles said, and I agree 100%, most powerful key is prayer. Unlock some things so that the blessings of God, the understanding of his will and his word becomes more and more apparent in our lives. Amen. And the tool of fasting that you can bring this flesh and this soul man under subjection to the spirit. When you fast, you're taking authority as a spiritual being over this natural body and existence. So let's be focused when we fast. Focus when we pray. Purposed to consecrate ourselves unto God. Amen. Bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. 
Lord, for your goodness and your grace, we thank you, God, for understanding in your word. And Lord, that, that we will be able to function and operate at a higher level spiritually as we utilize the, the tools and the keys that you've made available. Jesus said he went and took the keys from the enemy. And then we see where he, he gave Peter the keys. Those keys are understanding, those keys to unlock those things that, that will help us and build us and strengthen us as we operate in your kingdom. Father, that we, we would walk in the spirit, as the word says, and not fulfill the lust or the desires of this flesh. Lord, when we feel things are out of control, help us to use the tools that you've given us the keys that you've given us. Let us proclaim a fast that you will choose, that you will accept. Hallelujah. Not one, Lord, that's by form or fashion, but one that's focused and purposed to build up and strengthen and to subdue the adversary on every hand. To bring this flesh under subjection, to, to stop the lies of the enemy. Lord, to give us clarity when it's time to make a decision to help us, Lord, to understand as Jesus told them, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of your mouth, Lord. Lord, that we should only worship you. Hallelujah. We should not tempt you in our choices, in our decisions. Fasting helps us to, to get these things in order. True, heartfelt prayer helps us to hear clearly from you. So I pray, God, for those present and those online, know that we, 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 we grab hold of the truth, the true purpose that you've given us these things that we may be able to operate. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if there's anyone here that has not given their life to the Lord, Amen. Or even if you're online, listening, 